Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts Count Anywhere, coming to you live from Go Live Vegas in the heart of Las Vegas, Nevada. I am the voice, Aaron Phillips, sitting to my right, Matt Mullen, and sitting to his right, Johnny Rock, and we thank you for tuning in. As always, we ask you to please reshare this feed for those of you watching on Facebook. We welcome all of you on GoLive.Vegas. We welcome you all on Go Live Vegas phone app and all the other Periscope, Twitters, and YouTube channels that Go Live has going on. We are Thoughts Count Anywhere. Scott Hosey is in Parts Unknown again. By the way, gentlemen, I heard he's having his mail permanently moved to Parts, parts Unknown because he seems to be living there nowadays. <laughs> he's always over there. He's always over there. Absolutely. So, guys, how was your week? It was good. It was filled with a lot of live wrestling. I'm kind of wrestling doubt for a uh -oh. couple minutes. You've been deluded? <laughs> you and brother. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk about why that is the case. But more importantly, I have the pleasure and honor to bring on a guest who's back east as we speak, a gentleman that I had the opportunity to meet a number of years ago and shared the microphone with on local Fox affiliate. It was a show called um, Good Guys of Pro Wrestling. Uh, the gentleman, I'll give, just read you his background, guys. I think it'll be very impressed. You could see him actually on screen now. But our guest, Jeff Bearden, is more known in the wrestling arena as the Giant Warrior, as well as, um, what was that other one? Big Tiger Steel, which I couldn't understand when I saw those pictures. Uh, he was trained by Texan wrestlers Dory Funk Jr., Dick Murdoch, made his wrestling debut April 4th, 1987, for Jim Crockett's Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling in Macon, Georgia, when he defeated Ricky Lee Jones for his first win. He then went on to wrestle the southern states and territories like Texas, Global Wrestling Federation, Heart of America Sports Attractions, and all came to a wonderful head. When in 2015, Jeff was inducted into the Southern Wrestling Hall of Fame by Mike Fox. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Jeff Beard and Mr. Giant Warrior. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Good. Welcome to the show. Welcome Thank to the you. show. Thanks for having me. Hey, dude, listen, it's our pleasure to bring, the, bring you out of mothballs to talk about wrestling, my friend. <laughs> I've kind of been in the closet for, after I retired. So well, well come, out, come out of the closet, if you will, please. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us. It was last minute, but uh, Jeff and I, what is it going on now? We probably close to, what, six, seven, eight years when we first were behind the mics on Fox for that show? Yeah, something like that. Right. And we had a lot of fun doing it. You put me in the Bob Euchre hold. Did. I really enjoyed it. 
<laughs> Guys, you remember that famous picture of Andre the Giant and Bob Uecker around the head? The, you're yeah. talking about the Homer Simpson show? Exactly, the Homer Simpson thing. Well, Jeff Bearden <laughs> is seven foot tall. And so we were having fun in the studio that day, and I said, Jeff, I said, I think what would be a fun picture is let's recreate that. And fortunately, or unfortunately, he was very willing to put his hands around my neck. I don't know what that meant. but <laughs> You but survived. That's a good sign. I did. I did. So everything good. In, in the words of classy Freddie Blassie, you'd have a scrawny pencil neck. That's why. Scrawny pencil yeah, neck. Yeah, a little bit of the time understanding, you guys. Are we? Are you? I'm sorry. We were just talking about the day in the Fox Studios when we uh, duplicated that picture of Andre the Giant having his hands around Bob Uecker's throat. And you had your hands around my neck. Yeah, I, re I remember that. That was a lot of fun. That picture's still up on my Facebook page. But listen, here's <laughs> how we... It was fun doing this show. We, we certainly... We did it for about a year, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, you just got too big for us. And, well, we had to end the show then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. Here's how we start our show, my friend. We'd like to start our show by going over the rumor mill in a segment that we call I Hear Voices. And as we, talk about, as we talk about the topics, please feel free to share your thoughts. Uh, we'll, we'll start with a couple of those, and then we'll turn to you and spend some time visiting with you. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right, right on. So, gentlemen, let us begin with I Hear Voices in the first topic. Jeff Hardy possibly returning soon, even though Brother Matt may be on his way out. Why don't you guys kick it off, Matt, Johnny, whoever. I heard he's reporting to the Performance Center soon after he's going through all his legal and personal battles. Hopefully he's got his act together so he can do what everybody loves to see him do in the ring every week. Well, this actually kind of makes me sad that Matt is on his way out. Uh, just because, you know, I guess we'll never get to see Broken Matt and Brother Nero ever again together. Well, unfortunately we know that Matt has been hardly used really over the last couple of months anyway. Well, uh, I, th I think it was used pretty extensively on Monday night. Well, know? yeah. Uh, yeah, Orton decked him out with the concerto. I get that. But prior to that, when was the last time we really saw him on WWE television where he wasn't? I mean, he lost to somebody the last time he was on a few weeks back and all of that. But uh, he's probably on his way. Where do, you, where do you think he would probably land? Would it be the most obvious? AEW. AEW? Rumor is he's going to be the leader of the Dark Order in AEW. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. He's kind of teasing it himself he on his YouTube one. videos. Hey, hey, Jeff, have you been following the, uh, the Hardy situation with Matt and Jeff and what's going on with them in WWE? Just a little bit. I mean, I know Jeff's pretty, or Matt's done. And I, I think he'll land on AEW. Have you been following, have you been watching AEW at all? Uh, just a little bit. I don't really watch a whole lot. Okay, so, so have you caught any of NXT lately? Repeat that, please. Have you, have you been able to watch any of the NXT brand wrestling under the WWE banner? I, I have watched just a little bit of it. So what you have watched between <clears throat> NXT and AEW, what's your thoughts on both of those shows from what you've seen? Um, you know, I, I like what they're doing with NXT now because they're starting to bring some of the, the bigger names in, you know, like when they brought Finn Balor over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's a, a benefit for the company if they start bringing more of the established names in. So I see that kind of happening a little bit more in the future. But, you know, AEW and stuff, if I have to watch one of the two, I'd rather watch AEW. Oh, well, there you go. All right. So Jeff is a 
supporter and visual supporter of the AEW brand. Uh, all right, so Matt on his way out, Jeff possibly coming back. Let's see what the next topic is. MVP possibly in line for producer role backstage after appearance on Raw this week. Now, he made, of course, the appearance at the Royal Rumble, made the appearance the next night on Raw, and it was initially reported that it was a one-off match and he was done in the ring. And now all of a sudden, this past Monday, he's back hosting his MVP lounge show, and now there's talk of the well, producer stuff. Well, Johnny? Now, wait a minute, because um, I think MVP may have seen that match on Raw as his retirement match. Okay. Um, he's been very vocal about saying his in-ring days are winding down. They're pretty much done. Uh, he spoke very highly of being able to wrestle Rey Mysterio one last time. They're friends in real life. Right. And, uh, you know, if that was his last match, he'd be very happy to go out that way. Of course, he did the honors. He went out on his back. Right. Like all great wrestlers do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, to have Rey Mysterio be the man who retired MVP, I think he could hang his boots up with a smile after that. Right on. So what do you think of him, Matt, as a backstage producer for Raw? I think it'd be a good fit. He has, like, a good mind for the business from what I've seen, and... He said he came back solely for his kid to see him wrestle. Right, I remember which, that. Which that was a pretty cool interview to hear. His kid wasn't old enough to like see what he did live, and he was saying his kid was losing his mind when he came out, and his <laughs> mom was trying to like video it. So that was a cool moment for him. But seeing him backstage on WWE would probably be a good fit for him. Now, do you guys, Jeff? Did you happen to watch the Viceland series, The Dark Side of the Ring, and and that whole series of matches and and shows? Yeah, I did. Did you guys? I don't think it was Dark Side of the Ring. It may have been, but did you guys see the one where MVP was part of one of the, one of the stories where he talks about his school and his change and everything that's been going on. How well do do you know MVP at all, Jeff? No, I didn't. We never really crossed paths. Okay. Um, I thought, you know, he's got a school, doesn't he now? He's got a wrestling school MVP, right? I believe so. I, I believe so. So to have him do that and now work backstage. Jeff, talk about, as, an, as a former in-ring uh, performer, um, again, I, I know you probably haven't spent a whole lot of time as a producer backstage, but from the mental change of getting out of the ring as a performer to now somebody who's putting matches and stuff together as a producer. Can you talk about what that transition may be like for somebody like MVP who's been in the ring for so many years? Yeah, it, it's a big change and stuff, you know, when you come out of the ring to backstage. But, I mean, he, you know, he understands the business. So, I mean, I think he'd be able to do, give a little bit of a different flavor to it than what they've been having. I mean, they've been really stale and stuff to me for several months. And, you know, hopefully they bring in some, a little bit of new blood like MVP and, you know, maybe some other guys and stuff that were, was with them. You know, maybe it'll help improve their, their product. I want to just remind everybody that our call-in line, if you have a question for us, or more importantly, if you have a question for Jeff, given the, the era which, in which he wrestled and where he wrestled in, our studio line is 702-660-7666. So please call in. He is on the line. We can also take your calls or your questions in the chat room that we can certainly share along uh, to Jeff. And 702-660-7666. Uh, All right. One, one final thought yeah, on please. MVP. Um, it was great to see the VIP lounge back. And... He kind of dropped some hints about possibly managing or advocating for Drew McIntyre. Maybe Drew's not the right fit for him, but I could definitely see MVP as a manager these days too. You think so? Well, I mean, he wouldn't be the first wrestler to trans, trans, you know, sure, 
uh, transition. transition from yeah. marine to management. I mean, look at Zeb Coulter. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. And then it's not unheard Lou of. Lou Albano. Yeah, and it's and it's not exactly unheard of to have a producer, i.e., Paul Heyman, yeah. be a manager. So that's totally not out of the question. All right. Next topic. Arena hosting the Elimination Chamber might have just leaked the main event before WWE actually announced it. Yeah. Roman Reigns, Corbin, Daniel Bryan, Rude, Nakamura, and Strowman, and the winner will face The Fiend at WrestleMania. With this getting leaked, will the match now possibly get changed? Jeff, what's your thoughts on when matches potentially get leaked? Uh, are they, do you think sometimes they're purposely leaked? Is it better to make a change? What's your thoughts on something like that? Well, you know, you, you see so much stuff about all the different leaks that are out there. So, I mean, I, I believe that some of those are intentional leaks. You know, it just kind of gets things stirred up so that people and stuff feel like they're a part of it. And then it's just, you know, they, they make a quick change. But, you know, it, Did we lose Jeff? I think he's frozen. Jeff, can you still hear us? I can hear you all. Okay. Oh, there you oh, go. There you Your go. video just popped back in. Okay. Um, all right. So, yeah, it, I, I kind of agree. I, I think sometimes some of these leaks are purposeful to, to garner a little uh, uh, underswell of interest ahead of time. Um, I, it would not surprise me. Why would a TV network or the location kind of leak this story on their own in terms of what you know what the main event would be that's my thoughts guys could just be for ticket sales locally if okay. it's not selling well just be like hey guess what's happening here yeah that's and, a great point i mean what, one thing you got to understand is that for every event there's that little caveat on the bottom of every old poster and every every teaser card subject to i was change. just gonna say let's say it all together now card, card subject, subject to change, change. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, that, but that's a great point. I mean, it, it puts it out there. Not, and you bring up a great point, Matt. could be for generating local sales, ticket Plus, interest, and getting it out there certainly is not going to hurt. And much. as a purported list, it's, it's not bad, although the only, uh, the, the only uh, of these six guys, the, the only odd duck out I see is, uh, why are you going to put Robert Roode in there with Baron Corbin? I was just, th I was Someone's just thinking. Someone's got to get eliminated first. <laughs> yeah, okay, but I mean... <laughs> Or eat the dog food, put, one or the put, other. Put Chad Gable in there, or Seamus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that's a great point. I, Rude's or, name I'm sorry, so, it's Shorty G. Now. Shorty G. But Rude's name popped out at me as well on, on that, too. So if you're listening, you're watching, give us a call. Give us your thoughts on the potential of that main event for Elimination Chamber. 702-660-7666. Matt is monitoring the chat room through on Facebook. And again, if you need to move... Do take us with you uh, mobile, Go Live Vegas mobile app, now available on your Android as well as your Apple product. Okay, so that does it for, that was a sick one. <laughs> Fix the bell, will you? All right. Do we have to fire you as bell ringer? No, we didn't test the bell before the show. That's what happened. Um, all right, so that's it for <laughs> I Hear Voices. Before we go into all of our other stuff, guys, I want to, draw, I want to turn our attention to Jeff specifically. Who, again, I want to thank Jeff. For those of you just joining us, Jeff Bearden, uh, former wrestler as the Giant Warrior and Big Tiger Steel. What were some of your other wrestling handles you had when you performed, Jeff? Um, when I very first started, I was actually doing a cowboy game and worked as Butch Masters. That's not bad. I like that. That's a good name. Especially and, coming from that yeah, territory. I to, yeah, I, I really, so if I got a good run in, in Mexico, that was the first time I ever worked in Mexico. 
And so I lived down there for about six months. And I, you know, I enjoyed it. I, you know, with everything that's going on with me now, I still love everything I did with the rest of us. So yeah. yeah, I worked as, as Butch Masters and then um, actually stuff, I was still working with that and a guy named Bill Ash, who used to make all the wrestling boots for everybody. You know, had pulled me and um, Skywalker Nitron and stuff. Uh, you know, people may have seen him in the the newest of the Halloween movies because he's the one that did the Michael Myers. Oh, the Rob Zombie version. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the, I'm the horror nut here, so uh, that that's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, so I mean, we yeah. we were wrestling each other, and Bill kind of brought us back and, and gave us that idea of forming a tag team to go to Japan and work in the tag tournament. So, you know, I ended up going down to Mexico and I changed from a cowboy to wearing the makeup like he was doing. Mm. And so I did the, they, they were the ones that gave me the name of Giant Warrior. Right on. You know, and so from there I did that for, God, six, seven, eight years. And then, uh, you know, I was living in South Africa at the time and it was kind of a small place to be working for that long because I lived in South Africa for five years. Mm. And I was helping with the wrestling office down there, but I was kind of getting stale because everybody had seen me. So I had taken a couple of months off and then came back with the Tiger Steel character. And then from there, I started working Europe with that. I worked uh, Mexico with it and, you know, a few other countries and stuff that I was working in. And then there toward the end, um, I worked as Colossus, the gladiator. And I had a lot of fun with that stuff. I didn't do it as long and, you know, basically just did it around Texas. And, you know, I had a couple of other matches, I think, in Germany and stuff that I did it. You know, and then after I pretty well started backing out of the the industry, I kind of went back to Giant Warrior again. Right. Because I was having countries calling want me to come back in doing legend matches. So, you know, that was pretty well it. I think my very last match, I worked as Tiger Steel. Right on. And how long did, were you actually in the ring? About 20 years, was it? 30. 30 years. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a long yeah. career. And, and yeah, I started in um, 2000, or 1987, and I right. finished in uh, 2017. Oh, wow. wow so not 2017. Even, not even so, long ago. so three years ago, you officially wrapped up ring, ring performing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, um, I can't yeah. remember what month it was. I think it was uh, October, November of 17. Wow. I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah. All right. Johnny, Matt, you guys have a question you want to fire at Jeff? I was actually wondering. Um, Tell him who you are. So he, oh, so this is Johnny. <laughs> um, I was wondering, uh, when, you, when you went to Japan, uh, did you go up through like the Japanese style or the system, like through the dojos or anything like that? Did you get to learn under like the Japanese masters, I guess, uh, when you were over no. there or were you just brought in as gaijin talent and, you know, I was just brought in because you were big. <laughs> yeah. And when I, you know, went into Japan the first time and stuff with, with, uh, like I said, with Tyler Mayne mm-hmm. and, um, you know, so we went, uh, you know, we were brought in for the tag team tournament. So they used to bring in a lot of um, of different Americans and stuff in for that mm-hmm. tournament. And I was I was trained by Dory Funk Jr. 
and Dick Murdoch. Mm-hmm. And so Dory and stuff was kind of booking a lot of stuff for Japan. So, I mean, he helped me get in there. Matt, how was it being trained by Dory Funk Jr.? I've always heard, like, different stories of how tough he is on people and the he nightmares. Be, he wasn't like that with me. You know, Dory, <laughs> Dory and I actually trained just one-on-one. I didn't go through any type of a school situation or anything like that. Oh, wow. That's awesome. When Dory wasn't available, I was working with Dick Murray. <laughs> hmm. I, I noticed that all of your, your ring-performing names all suit your stature. They were all big names. The warrior, you know, the gladiator, you know. I mean, I just, I just love the fact that all of his, his, his uh, gimmicks carried that same type of, of hugeness, of greatness, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I find. That's why I love that there was the consistency in that. Right? Yeah, definitely. You're seven feet tall. You can only... Right. You, you can't you can say only go by so many, right? like, You can't go by a wussy name. No, you can't. You cannot. <laughs> now, did I see right in your, in your pictures, Jeff? Tiny the Terrible. Yeah, yeah, right. You actually wrestled uh, Andre the Giant in Japan. Is, did I read that correctly? Yeah. What was that like, wrestling the biggest man and probably the biggest attraction of pro wrestling even today, maybe next to Brock Lesnar as an attraction? Yeah, it was... It was something else being able to get in the ring with Andre. And I've had people tell me and stuff that that tag match was probably at least the tallest tag team match I've ever had. <laughs> probably anywhere. <laughs> you know, because we had in, you know, um, Tyler was 6'10, uh, Baba was 6'10, and then Andre and I were both. Uh, over seven. Jeez, could you imagine those four out of five on a basketball team? Man, <laughs> can you imagine cow. putting those four in a? Are you car? kidding? The size of Andre's hands alone, <laughs> I would never want to play play basketball with him on defense. No. <laughs> I mean, that was amazing to me. I mean, I, I've got pretty good sized hands, and you know, I, I've never seen anybody except my, make my hands look small. Did you uh, Did you ever go out drinking with Andre? Um. <laughs> Not really to go out drinking with him, but I remember us having a layover in an, in an airport. And within about 30 minutes, Andre had 10 double Campari's and soda. Oh, my God. Jeez. Wow. Matt brought up an interesting point. We'd love to see the four of you to try to get into the same car to drive to the next <laughs> arena. Oh <my> God. <laughs> That'd be a show in itself. <laughs> that was impossible. And so even flying in Japan, you know, the, the seats were real small. Right. I mean, they would usually block an aisle of three for every two wrestlers. And I remember I used to uh, fly a lot and step beside Abdullah the Butcher. And Abdullah oh. was 450, 480 pounds. My goodness. Who was we the We actually t- tilted an elevator in Japan because <laughs> the two of us weighed too much. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> it. Oh, wow. I love it. Who was the toughest competitor you ever faced in the ring through all your years? The tallest? No, toughest. Just the one who – Yeah. Um, you know, if they really wanted to be barbarian. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. We met Yeah, barbarian. we met the barbarian. dealing with those islanders and stuff. Those guys <laughs> and stuff can make life miserable for you if they want to. Yeah, absolutely. Are you a member of uh, CAC, by the way, Cauliflower Alley Club? Uh, I'm not a member, but I've been a couple of times. Okay. You know, when I was still living there in Vegas. Right now on. I'm a little bit far away. Yeah, a little bit. You're just a, you're just a little couple of extra planes away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, exactly. I, I was just curious. One thing when uh, timing, guys, when, when Jeff was inducted into that Hall of Fame in 2015, 
is when he really started his major transition out of pro wrestling and began his life coaching career that he does now. And I had the uh, honor, I, I don't know how many years ago it was, Jeff, when you and uh, had that uh, uh, seminar down on the uh, Henderson or Green Valley side of town that I had the honor of emceeing with you guys when he really started that life coaching. So bring us up to date on what you're doing now as part of that. And then if you want to share what else you're doing now in terms of your promotions and getting involved with. Well, you know, I, I still try to talk to people through uh, Facebook. But, you know, and you'll, the longer we're talking, the more you'll notice my voice starting to go because I was diagnosed with Parkinson's uh, almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. And so that that made it kind of tough to be able to speak because I have good days and bad days, and some days you can't even understand me. You know, so, I mean, that kind of made it tough to get back out there and try to do motivational speaking again. You know, I enjoyed it because I was doing a lot of the anti-drug, anti-bullying uh, talks and stuff in schools. Right. And I really enjoyed working with the kids. But now and stuff, I mean, God, there's, there's so many symptoms of Parkinson's that, that's affecting me and stuff. And it makes my everyday life and stuff not, um, well, some days it's up for bad and some days it works. Well, do you, you, do know, you so. I'm sorry, I didn't well, mean, tough. yeah, I didn't mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step in, but do you think the Parkinson's has come from 30 years of being in the ring because of injuries? Because you took a, quite a few concussions. Um, you know, my, my doctor and stuff, and I've talked about that, and she kind of thinks and stuff that had a lot of influence to it. Because, I mean, I'm counting it, but I've had eight or nine concussions. Okay. And then you take the rest of the time, my head was getting jarred around from chair shot. Oof. You know, I mean, and I was never one of the guys that said to put my hand up to block it, so I took everything straight to my head. Oh, you know, so that kind of, and they think it's up between all of those and the, uh, uh, you know, the major concussions that it's just taking a toll on me now. Matt, that's a, that's a, that's where the like all the WWE people are doing stuff to like protect all that stuff now because. A lot of like the older people are coming up with like all these kind of injuries and uh, you you've got somebody lives there in town with you and stuff. Vampiro lives there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's and, got like all sorts of stuff. He's always yeah, talking Vamp's about. Yeah, he's got a lot of problems and stuff too. So, you know, not only do I have the Parkinson's, but I deal with. Um, depression and anxiety as well and mm. one part of it stuff is the you know through dealing with therapists and everything else we figure i probably have had that since i was 18. yeah oh wow um i actually have a lot of similar i don't have parkinson's but i have a lot i i have post-concussion syndrome uh from my time in the military um I oh yeah took a lot of a lot of hits to the head when i was when i was deployed and uh you know i was knocked out a few times i was you know just had my head rattled. I've suffered five major concussions in my life. And, you know, I have memory loss issues. I have concentration issues now. I have, uh, you know, the depression, the anxiety. Um, you know, some days I forget how to spell certain words. So, I mean, it's... it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's tough. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a big um, lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. I want to just... I mean, you'll probably notice while we're doing this and stuff my voice will kind of stutter a little bit or and i i have a tendency to lose thoughts in the middle of a sentence 
Toes were off. In my house, we call that old age. But anyway, uh, I just want to remind everybody, you're listening to Thoughts Can Anywhere here live on Go Live Vegas in the heart of Las Vegas. I am Aaron Phillips, Matt Mullen, Johnny Rock, Scott Hosey is in parts unknown right now. I don't know where he is. He's messing around with something or somebody. And on the line with us, uh, coming all the way from Florida, is the giant warrior, the big colossal guy, big tiger steel Mr. Jeff Bearden with a D-E-N, not D-O-N, like I always used to spell it. <laughs> I, was, I couldn't get D-E-N down. I just, you know, from Jersey, everything is beard done. So I always spelled it O-N. And every post <laughs> I did for our show, I get this little message like 30 seconds after I post it. You effing spelled my name wrong again. It's with an E, you moron. So I'm like, okay, Jeff, I'll get it eventually. <laughs> so anyway. Um, it only took you a month. Well, all right. But if I finally, you know, I... I stuttered when I when I typed it tonight. My fingers hesitated. Just remember, like, Aaron. There's a room in everybody's house. It's not the man cave. It's the beer den. The, it's, the, it's the beer den. Exactly. <laughs> Good job. All right. So, what do you? I know you're involved, in, obviously, in the committee. We won't keep you too much longer, Jeff, because I know it's it's you know you're working hard. It's been a long day for you. Are you doing anything down in the area or nationally to promote awareness for Parkinson's at this time? I'm not at this time. I mean, we're. You know, my wife and stuff is got we've got uh, a publishing company and also a PR company. Right. And so she's, you know, she deals with a lot of ghostwriting. So she's going to work with me, and you know, she's busy, so we don't really have the time. But you know, we're we're working at trying to get a book done. For you. And you know, and it's it's kind of different because I'm looking at approaching the you know, a little bit of the wrestling and stuff and, you know, the stories everybody wants to hear and stuff. Yep. But I, w I want to go from that stuff and approach the Parkinson's mental illness, you know, and it make it a little bit more of a, an in, a story and stuff for people to be able to relate to that's got it or for people and stuff that don't. And it's not just, you know, another wrestler and stuff writing a book telling old stories. Right. And it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, life after wrestling is not always peaches and cream like some people think it is for oh, no. for certain performers. Uh, I just want to mention that then we'll let you go, Jeff. Um, first of all, we Jeff being seven foot, you guys know I'm six foot two. You've yeah. you've met my wife. You met my wife? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So my wife doesn't even tip the scales at five feet. She's four eleven and three quarters. So one night we go out for dinner with, with Jeff and his beautiful bride, Brittany, and I think it was an Olive Garden, wasn't it, where we went for dinner that night? Yeah. And it was the first time my wife had met Jeff in person. <laughs> so you know we had to do it, right? You have to take the picture of the really tall person next to the shortest person in the room. And, it was, and I still have that somewhere on my Facebook page. It's probably one of the funniest pictures. But here's the ironic part. His wife, Brittany, ain't much taller than my wife. So us she's tall guys. She's whopping 5'2". 5'2". Well, she's a giant to my wife at that point. Right. So it's it's the the truth is there. Us big tall guys like the short, taller, shorter, less tall females. <laughs> the vertically challenged. The ver you said it. I didn't. I didn't want to go there. So. <laughs> you know. You know who suffers the most in that? Tall women. Tall, that, that's true. That's very true. That's right. All the tall guys are matched up with the short gals. All right, guys. One final question, if you don't mind, then we'll let Jeff go. So go ahead. Anybody? Matt, you got one. Don't chomp at the bit here now. <laughs> I won't bite, I promise. At least not on Wednesdays. <laughs> no, I only do that when I get paid for it. 
Oh, there. Oh, okay, Shane, uh, uh, Basil. All right, I got, I got one. Go ahead. I got one for you, Jeff. Uh, so you mentioned, uh, you know, the toughest matches you were in. What was probably your favorite match that you ever worked in Ooh, 30 years of wrestling? That's a good one. Ooh. You know, I always loved working with Abdullah the Butcher. You know, Abby and I have had great matches against each other. Of course, they were, you know, like every other Abdullah match. They were worthy of Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I always enjoyed every time I worked with him. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I got to work, you know, later on, you know, like the first Japan tour I went. You know, I got to work with Dorian Terry Funk one night. And, I mean, you know, I grew up in Canyon, Texas, where they were from. So, I mean, I've known them since I was 13 years old. So, it, it, was, a, it was a great thing to be able to get the ring against them. And then I worked with Dick Murdoch you know, several mm -hmm. times years later. But those guys were always fun to work with. And, yeah. You know, of course, it was still awesome working against Andre. You know, awesome. Unfortunately, I would have loved to have wrestled Andre five or six years further into my career and about 15 years left from him. You know, yeah. when he was still able to move good and everything else. Mm -hmm. I would right. have loved to have wrestled him there. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, stuff by that time, after, yeah. I mean, Andre and stuff didn't get around real well. And, you know, if he was dropping an elbow on you, he would grab the ropes and have to lean just as far as he could. So he was really only dropping the elbow from about six, seven inches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that was a shame. But, I mean, you know, I always loved working with just about everybody. You know, Matt. was practically married in Acting, Mexico. Cause we wrestled each other every, you know, every night. <laughs> two years. Matt. You know. So. Any final questions, Matt? We'll let Jeff go in a second. Any final thoughts? What's your favorite road story or like craziest thing you guys did on the road that you're allowed to talk tell about? people? <laughs> oh, these are the best. <laughs> God, I'm trying to think. But keep in mind, we are on the internet, so you can share any story that you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no FCC here. That's right. <laughs> With all the people you had like in your career, I could only imagine some of the stuff you guys have done. Oh, you know, I mean. Everybody was crazy in their own way. You know, it's, you know, Andre and all the drinking stories, you know, I used to run around with Dr. Death, Steve Williams and Terry Gordy, you know, when I was in Japan and those guys and stuff were fun, but God, did they like the party. <laughs> and I wasn't just a heavy drinker there. So, you know, I could, I could hold my own with most people, you know, except for somebody like Andre. You know, yeah, really. Again, again, I think he's got a Guinness World Record for the number of beers he had one night. I think it was like 154. That's crazy. You know, in one sitting. Wow. He could probably you know, drink a camel under the table, I would bet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding you me? In South Africa, the promoter there and stuff loved to make the new guys and stuff get out and run naked and stuff down the road. Right. <laughs> you know, so I mean, all sorts of stories and stuff of like that. And, you know, so I mean, but like I said, so I, even with the problems that I've developed and stuff, it can basically be written back into wrestling and stuff as a cause for part of it. So I, I still enjoyed it. I, I loved performing. And if my body was able to do it, I'd still be doing it. Yeah, I'll let you go on this. I'll let you go on this question and a comment. Number one, when we did our show in the past, you mentioned that you were still you were very friendly with Paige and her family. Is that still true these oh, yeah. days? 
Okay, I, I may talk hit to your dad. I talk to your dad often. So okay, so I, I may hit you up off air to see if we, off air to see if we can get an, uh, an interview done with Paige or somebody within the family in the future. Sweet Soraya. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can I can talk to your dad and stuff and go cool. through him and stuff to try to get something done. The the last comment I want to make besides it being really really good to see you and and I'll, I will talk to you off air is. For a guy who wrestled a lot with Abdullah the Butcher, your forehead actually looks pretty good. Yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> I, I bled a lot. I bled a lot in South Africa, you know, because that was, you know, that was always, you know, when I worked as a baby face, which was probably six years of my journey, you know, it's, that was the only way for a smaller heel to to start taking over on me and stuff and run me into a post or something to me bleed. Right. You know, so that way the fans, you know, because if not, stuff, you know, I'm wrestling against a heel that's six foot tall and I'm a seven foot baby face. Right. You know, so, I mean, they had to do something and cheat and, you know, chairs and everything else and stuff in order to get me down. Otherwise, the fans are like, well, you're big enough to take care of yourself. Right. You know, so we had to do stuff like that. And then, of course, you know, it was, um, like I said, in South Africa, so I worked the style really close to, like, Bruiser Brody's. Mm. You know, so, I mean, there was a lot of a lot of blood, in, you know, in those matches because I would, you know, I, I kind of used the spike that I kind of got the idea and stuff from Abdullah. You know, so I would use that so to make everybody bleed. And then, you know, we'd have to, for them to start coming back on me, so they had to make me bleed. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so, I've had my share. I bet. All right, Jeff, I'm going to let you go, my friend, because uh, I want you to get your rest. We have a few more topics that we need to cover here. Uh, as Very always, good. it's a lot of fun. We've been talking about doing this for a while. I'm glad we finally connected. Um, so, guys, let's say goodbye to Jeff. Jeff, it was a pleasure. Thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much, Jeff. Have a great night. Jeff, say hi to Britt. I really appreciate it. And anytime and stuff y'all want me back, just let me know. You got it, my friend. Say hi to Britt for me, all right? We'll talk soon. I will do that once you get home. You bet. Thanks. Thank you. Jeff. Thank you, bud. You too. Jeff Bearden from Florida, the uh, one, one, one heck of a great guy. I mean, when he broke the news, I don't remember if he, I think he wrote it on Facebook a couple of years ago. And when I saw it, that he was beginning to suffer from the signs of Parkinson's, uh, it just broke my heart, you know, to, to see that. The fact that he tied it into probably his wrestling career mm -hmm. makes it even more jarring when you think about all the events and concussion stories and everything like that that we hear today um, leading as a possible leading cause to him having this condition. And it's, and it's sad that, that he's now having to cope with that really in the prime of his life at the age of, what would he say, he's going to be 57 in June. You know, and now, and now, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he mentioned it, but I don't know if you guys noticed his speech yeah. started, you know, yeah. getting caught up there. And that's why, uh, all right, let's mm. let the man rest. So, it's been a lot all right. of that old school way of taking chair shots directly. Oh, yeah. The and, yeah. And listen to, and the names he brought up that he wrestled against are not schlock names. God, Abdullah Butcher's a legend. Right. A Hall of Fame caliber guys. Tyler Maine. Tyler Maine also played Sabretooth in the first X-Men movie. Did he really? Yeah, before Liam Shriver took over the role. Oh, there you go. That is that is a piece of Trivial Pursuit trivia that I did not know. All right. We have about 19 minutes left in the show. So with that, guys, we have a huge list of stuff to get over. If we get through them all, that's great. If we don't, we don't. So I'm going to ring the bell, and let's start off with something off the WWE report. John Cena's coming back to WWE on February 28th. In what capacity? We don't know. 
I think it's a setup, some kind of WrestleMania match. Probably. Who do you think is good, a good Mania opponent for him would be? I've heard recently Lars Sullivan they're going to try to bring back for the I don't know how many time, but I want to see Baron Corbin beat him just to <laughs> rub it in everybody's face. <laughs> As another legend killer? I do not want to see Lars Sullivan. I'm, I'm over this guy right now. He's got to go back to NXT. I think he's got to reestablish himself a little bit before he comes back to, quote-unquote, the main roster. Uh, I'm not going to comment on Lars. I'll just say he's had a really tough year. Yeah, uh, no question. <laughs> no, to say the least, right? Next yeah, topic. poor Lars. <laughs> Next topic. Rock's daughter signed with WWE, Simone Johnson, which would make her, I think, the fourth, first fourth-generation wrestler in WWE. Right on. Ooh. How are you going to get out of that shadow? It's <laughs> you know what? She's, she's an Anoa'i clan. She, she'll, she'll I was going to say, yeah. She'll have the bloodline. She'll have the bloodline there, absolutely. Like, I'm sure it's in her blood. I'm sure she'll do good. She's going to be like, like they were talking about on backstage, or they're saying like Charlotte's probably the only person that can like give her advice. Cause well, Tamina. But she's second Ric Flair's like a legend legend. That's true. Rock is like a legend legend. And trying to get out of those two shadows. That's like when Wayne Gretzky's kid got into sports. He was like, I'm doing baseball. I'm not even trying that. Well, come on. Even when Rock got in, it took him a while to get out of Rocky Johnson's shadow, too. So. Right. True. Uh, Scott from Parts Unknown managed to find a working uh, Wi-Fi signal somewhere. Throws in there, take versus, Taker versus Cena. Do we really? I, we had we, that, but it was five minutes. Yeah. It's five minutes we'll never get back, right? Matt Hardy we touched on earlier, and that is the fact that uh, his contract expiring in a couple of weeks took the concerto from Randy Orton and probably from that point will be written off moving forward. I just hope it breaks him in time for AEW, if you know what I mean. Could be. Do we really want to see Kelly Kelly come back, according to Jerry Lawler? I'm pretty sure Charlotte doesn't want to see her come back. <laughs> right? I, I, think, I, think, I think women's wrestling has evolved past the days of Kelly Kelly. Um, yeah, it, I it, agree with that. It was a nice little breath of nostalgic air to see her in the Rumble, but I don't think she can hang with the girls today. I, I don't think she can. She's not a female superstar. She's a diva. She was the prototypical diva. She was, it, she yeah. was in the Women's Battle Royale, wasn't she? She was in the Women's Rumble. The Rumble. Yeah. Okay. Didn't impress me and very much. She, she had, a, I guess, a botch against Charlotte, and yeah. Charlotte stiffed her hard to eliminate her and yep. call, her, uh, call her a bitch. Yeah, absolutely. So I, you bitch and just straight up punched her out of the <laughs> ring. And I don't think she held back. That was a f I don't even think there's a receipt coming for that. I think, Absolutely. I think that was a freebie. The only thing that I, that I think is at this point, we, we talked about uh, Randy Orton and the concerto shot and all that stuff, but the, the internet buzz is all about the bite. Ah. Let's just call it what it is. Bloodthirsty Baszler. Okay. Uh, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, whatever <laughs> Becky wants to call it. Uh, to me, I think the bite was over the top and totally unnecessary. It was a little over the top. In fact, you could clearly tell they used a blood capsule to do it. I'm sure. Um, but I tell you one thing. By the end of Raw, it paid off because I thought that Becky promo and the way Becky sold it all with the whole ambulance thing and just her coming back, like, going, did that bitch bite me <laughs> like, like on air? <laughs> like, like the, the sh Becky selling the sheer incredulousness of it. Right. And then coming back to deliver that just flaming hot promo at the end of the show. Okay. Um, like I said, it was a little corny. It was a little hokey. Very, very Steve Austin-esque. But I feel like the payoff, it, what it brought out of Becky Lynch was great. And it leaves me actually really excited for their, fuse, for their feud because we know 
the Becky can go in the ring. We know that Becky can go on the mic. And if you don't know what Shayna Baszler can do in the ring, you're about to find out because she is just fantastic. Matt, your thoughts? I thought it was like a little over the top. I thought I was watching Van Helsing for like a <laughs> second. But it kind of seemed like it might pay off. Any, I wanted to see where it's going because it's definitely going to set up for WrestleMania. I totally lost my train of thought of what I was just about to say. <laughs> no worries. When it comes back to you, we'll cut right over to you. <laughs> Here's what we're, you mentioned something that she sold it. I think completely the opposite. She had to run off to the hospital, get stitches, get tetanus shots, supposedly, and all that sort of stuff. Then all of a sudden, an hour later, pulling a Steve Austin, you're driving the ambulance back to the ring, doing all the stuff with the promos. I get that. But then the next day, she's running around doing PR stuff for WrestleMania. Like, yeah, she has a bandage on the back of her neck. I'm sorry, I don't think the cell job was there for the effects of uh, a human bite on the back well, of the neck. So, so I didn't see any of the PR stuff. I yeah. was talking just for Raw. No, I understand that. But the next day, she's out there doing PR for WrestleMania. Yes, a reporter, there's audio of it, did ask her about the bandage and the neck bite and all that. But she's out there like nothing happened. Yeah, see that? I didn't, I didn't see any of that. So, so to me, I think it would have been better. Right. She has the, night, uh, the bite in the back of the neck. She doesn't even come back to Raw. Shayna just stands in the middle of the ring. Licking her lips, wiping the blood, whatever she wants to do, and Becky doesn't even come back. It's I think would have sold it more. It's very gangrel. Well, that, and that's what I put. <laughs> yeah, but but to me, layer. you don't need. I don't think you need Becky to come back to heighten what now is going to be the obvious match for WrestleMania. I, I just hope that Shayna starts coming out like the old brood entrance, like with the ring of fire. I don't want to. That that gimmick of all that is done. I I, I want to see fresh. Gimmicks. I want to see fresh stuff and bringing that blood do, stuff back. I don't do you know what Vince hated more than the whole Gangrel brood gimmick? What's that? He hated the fact that it got way over. Well, just like Rusev Day. Yeah, Where's right. Rusev been? <laughs> WWE officially announces nothing for Rusev. WWE officially announces WrestleMania 37 will be at the SoFi Stadium in L.A. That's the new stadium that they're opening yep. up, right? That's Who's going? I'm going. Stadium. I'm going. I'm going. You want to go? Want to carpool? Let's carpool. <laughs> Add Jeff and Andre the Giant and those guys into your carpool. I pay for the seat. I'd have to rent a horse trailer. All right, let's quickly <laughs> review the NXT show that was just in Vegas, gentlemen. And also, Impact was here. Let's talk about that. Um, NXT was just bonkers awesome. It was, I mean, I, I can't just. It, NXT the is fans great. Are a little backwards. Yeah, I know. It was weird. They had a match between Austin Theory and Angel Garza at the top of the card. Which, uh, you know, Angel Garza has clearly been working very heel on every show. And Austin Theory, they're kind of pushing as a, a baby face with a bit of an edge. But they had them working opposite because Austin Theory had a manager. I, I, the bald guy, I don't even yeah, know who that I was. Know. I don't even know who he was. I just kept calling him Mr. Clean. Yeah, I just ran, I ran into him and Austin. <laughs> hey, after, watch that. I ran into him, him and Austin after the show. And I liked it. I was like, great match, guys. But, uh, but like, Austin was working heel. And Garza was getting one of the biggest pops of the night. Especially when he pulled his pants off. Oh. Yeah, I was kind of confused by that whole thing. Yeah. Well, there were reports that, that I saw today online that it is recognized that Garza, for whatever the reason, has been working house shows as a face. God knows why, when, like you said, he's been out there as a heel on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, how about the Impact tapings? Well, well we're, one last thing about the NXT uh, thing. Uh, the main event was probably one of the coolest matches I've ever seen that not televised. Okay, which was? It was, uh, it was the Broserweights mm-hmm. and DIY against okay. all four members of the Undisputed Era mm-hmm. with a surprise run-in at the end by the Velveteen Dream. 
So, I mean, it that was... That actually did make the airwaves. I saw that part happen. Well, yeah. I take that back. I saw it happen online. I saw the video of it online. Biggest pop of the night, of course. This guy right here. Oh. Basking <laughs> his glory. Right on. So, Velveteen <laughs> Dream is back. We'll see what they do with him uh, coming back into the storylines as well. All right. Um, let's talk some indies. Let's kick off this upcoming weekend. Valentine's Day Massacre on Saturday for FSW at the FSW Arena. Anything on that, fellas? I don't have the card in front of me, so I don't I know what they have. I haven't seen any matches announced for it. Okay. So just know that down at the FSW Arena, there's supposed to be Valentine's Day Massacre this Saturday. BVW, Sunday, 2 p.m. Go for it. Uh, BVW, Tommy Purr's Tough Love Fighting Championship Tournament this Sunday, 2 p.m. start time at Sahara Event Center. We're pitting tag team partners against tag team partners. The winner of it all, after, after all the initial matches and the fatal four-way, will be crowned the fighting champion who hit and cashed that title in for a shot at any Big Valley Wrestling Championship. And other matches have been announced as well. You can go to, the big, you can go to big Valley Wrestling on Facebook, uh, check out the cards. Uh, you can go to Big Valley Wrestling on YouTube, check out any videos from previous uh, matches. Johnny and I will be behind the microphone uh, providing commentary this Sunday, and I will be selling one year with Big Valley Wrestling this weekend as well. Time Congrats. flies. So it's one year for me there. So come on down. Tickets are still available. Doors open at 1.30. As Johnny said, the card will start at 2 p.m. All right, let's go to Impact and AEW. We talked about the Impact Wrestling news. I want to go to AEW and spend a few minutes on this. Oh, I, oh, wait, real quick, Matt. What, what didn't happen on Impact? We, it's, it's on there. It's on there. I can deal with the fact that Tessa wasn't on Impact because I spent, like, hours with her over the weekend. Okay. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Please clarify how you spent hours with her over the weekend, please. Yes, please. I don't want to get any mail. Signing. I oh, okay. I was, like, was Daga there, too? Daga, was he there watching? Daga was there, too? Oh, my Daga God. Daga was at the signing also. Was he filming? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> why are you trying to get me in trouble, man? Because. Why not? <laughs> why not? Um, I... I Tess is going to magnum you. I had every intention <laughs> of being there. I had every intention of being there. Unfortunately, you guys know last Wednesday I was under the weather. It hit me hard on Thursday, and unfortunately, I couldn't personally get down there. But let's talk about the other signing that took place on Saturday at PowerPlay Sports Collectibles, which is located where? At the Boulevard, Boulevard Mall. Mall. Talk about the signing this past weekend there. Oh, man, we got to meet some legends. Yes, some we Hall did. of Famers. We had Ted DiBiase and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, USA! 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 USA. It draw a great crowd. We had yeah, one of did. the best signings, I think, ever in the store. Yeah. Absolutely. Had a lot of people. It was a good time. Ted and Hacksaw were They were great. Awesome oh, man. People. Duggan was having a great with. time. Absolutely. They, they both had it. They were both having a good time. And we, on a, we want to thank PowerPlay Sports and Scott and company down there for putting on such great events. You should be, you should be liked on the PowerPlay Sports Facebook page so you can stay in tune because there are many more signings coming up. And I know Scott has them all posted there on the PowerPlay Sports Facebook page. Okay, let's talk about AEW because we only have about five minutes or so left. Cody getting those lashes, gentlemen, from MJF. Thoughts? Cody sold that perfectly. It looked like it was so brutal, the way he was going down. And it was a little cringy almost to watch. Was it like Passion of the Christ bad? It was up there. I haven't actually gotten to watch that episode yet. I'm a little behind. After like the seventh one, like everybody started coming out like, oh my God, you can do this. Come He's on. He's just, just a boy. 
Well, there was an incident. No, wait, wait, wait. Was it Wardlow that was hitting him or was it MJF? MJF. Wardlow got one. Okay. MJF got the other ones. Then okay. there was an incident that I think happened as the show was going off the air or just towards the end where MJF was being was attacked by somebody. Um, oh, yeah. I heard Remember that? that? So yeah. it's online. You guys can see it. And it was supposedly not part of the action. Somebody, yeah. another wrestler, somebody literally jumped in and was decided as they were going out attacked MJF as they were going out of the arena. So more news, I'm sure, will follow up on that I'll this week. I'll have to week, watch that to see if it was a work or not. Yeah, they uh, say it wasn't. There, there was the speculation that it might have been, but now again you're getting the other side of the story. Again, to me, look, how do you sell getting a leather belt slashed across your, your back ten times other than realistically? And there was pictures. Did oh, you guys see the pictures of, of his back? Yeah. Did you see the pictures? Did it look like Daniel Bryan's back? Oh, my God. It was I'll worse than that. Worse oh, than it was that? worse than that. Oh, wow. And how he, MJF got him in the same spot like five times. Oh, yeah, and how the man doesn't get any infections from those wounds or something, God only knows. Um, but again, is this the type of thing that AEW promised when they started this that it was something different? It is. They're taking a lot more risks than WWE is. I don't know. I saw Daniel Bryan get whipped. At the last pay-per-view with the strap, that, that doesn't seem all new. We saw blood. How many times do we see blood? I mean, let's see, Brock Lesnar forearming Randy Orton in the forehead a couple of years ago. That was a ton of blood. To it's, me, it's, it's not it's, new. It's not just about the blood. It's about the, the context in which the blood is used. I feel like... Invertent blood was nicely used between Nia Jax and Becky last year. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm not just talking about the fact that there was blood. I'm talking about the the, the, the very controversial nature of the storyline in general. Right. Making a man willingly take 10 lashes to submit himself to basically what amounts to torture in some countries just to get his hands on his opponent. Mm -hmm. You know, having MJF put out all these crazy stipulations and Cody agreeing to them just to get his hand that's a rivalry right there that's that's selling that you hate somebody i think it would have been cooler if it was like a crazy looking whip but it was just cody's belt right that's a thick belt we too. have four what do we have four minutes left there mr producer Real four or five minutes four minutes okay one, i want to get one last piece of aew news because it just broke as we were okay going on the air Jeff Cobb is signed with AEW, and his first match will be against John Moxley. So Jeff Cobb, of course, former Ring of Honor star, okay, big name on the Indies. He's wrestled here in, uh, at Mecca a few times. All right, um, good to see Jeff Cobb doing some great things. Let's move on to some pop culture to wrap up the show, gentlemen. XFL. Who wants to talk about it? I watched right. a couple games. It was a, it was pretty entertaining. You can tell it was owned by WWE as far as like the coming out in motorcycles okay. and. It was a. It was good. It was interesting to see some familiar names on there, like Cardell Jones and me being an Eagles fan. Uh, Donnell Pumphrey was on there. Former uh, Penn State quarterback for the New York team, Matt McGloin was right, there. That's right, Matt McGloin. What I really liked for the little bit that I was able to catch on Sunday was the interaction between the refs on the field and the ref up in the booth when they had to review plays. You hear the communication. You hear the replay ref actually describing what he's looking at to the ref to make yeah. sure that you know. I really enjoyed that behind-the-curtains look and that communication. Yeah, me too. I, I like that, the little yeah. bit of transparency. I, 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 I don't care for hearing the quarterback and the coach talk because now you're talking plays and signals, 
And the next thing we know, we're going to have Houston Astro issues in the XFL about cheating and copying signals and all that stuff. But, but when it comes to like a questionable call, to hear what's being oh, said. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. I totally and one thing I also really liked was the, 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 the extra point situation. Oh, yeah. No kicking. Yeah. No kicking. Just the 5, 10, you know. Yeah. It's the but, one but yard, also, three yard, and the, and the, no, I'm sorry. It's the two, five, and 10 for one, two, two and three, three points. points. But I also like, uh, you know, the way they do kickoffs, too. Yeah. Like, you know, if you the, the hard pat touchback and the soft touchback, you mm -hmm. know, it could be 35 yards, it could be 15 yards. Yep. No fair catch. Like, if, you, if you're yep. going to wuss out and do a fair catch, you're only going to get 15 yards out of it. Right on. We have three minutes left. Next topic, Josh Brolin turning 52. Happy birthday, Thanos. Yeah, absolutely. James I Brolin's uh, son. Last topic that I have, gentlemen, and you could I saw this today, of course. Valentine's Day is coming up this weekend, and it is one of the biggest marriage days, one of the biggest single-day events in Las Vegas. People come to Las Vegas purposely to get married. So Anybody need a wedding, DJ? I'm your guy. What, what did McCarran Airport do? They have opened up a pop-up marriage license office <laughs> at McCarran Airport. <laughs> It starts on February 13th through the 29th. Of course, this is leap year, everybody, so make sure you adjust your calendars. The office is open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., so as soon as you step off the airplane, go get your license. They are only going to cost you $77 for your license. It's going to be the cheapest thing you're going to do in Las Vegas while you're getting married. Lucky seven. pretty ridiculous. What's that? Friday at my work at the Neonopolis, the Denny's has a wedding chapel. Right. And you can get married for free for... Four hours of that day. Get out of town. It's by Grand Slam. You get like yeah. three pancake pops or something <laughs> like that. Uh, crazy. We're offering free weddings. And we also have a wedding chapel in the building. And he's got weddings like every 10 or 15 minutes. He's, it's going to be crazy around there. Today. Yeah. It's the, and, and of course, with the 14th being on a Friday, which means people are going to come in, get married, and spend the weekend here, which is good for everybody. Yeah, it's good for Vegas. Yeah, it's good for Vegas. Um, so sucks for all the housemaids. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you tip this nicely. This is why I'm not in hospitality. <laughs> Make sure you tip nicely to all the chambermaids who will be there servicing those sheets uh, over this weekend and blankets and towels and everything else. All okay, right. so we're down to what about a minute or so there, Mr. Board Operator person? Almost. All right, we want to thank Jeff Bearden for uh, calling in tonight. We appreciate it. Um, stay tuned on our Facebook page. As to our future guests lineup potentially for Thoughts Count Anywhere, there'll be news breaking uh, in a couple of days. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Don't tell me it's him. The red light. Bro. The red light. That can only mean one I thing. It's got to be Kane. Kane. It's got to be Kane. I wish it was Kane. <laughs> I'm thinking the fiend is coming again. Do we, I, we're not going to hear. We're not going to hear from him this week, are we, guys? On that note, we better close shop and get the heck out of here because I don't want no mandible clawed down my throat. Johnny, say goodbye. Goodbye in Disneyland. Stop raising prices. Matt, say goodbye before the fiend is here. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Jeff Beard, and thank you to everybody watching. I'm Aaron Phillips, and we are out until next week. See ya. Damn it, he showed up. He's showing up.